Oh, hi folks, welcome to the Jet Centra podcast, episode 13. My name is Steve Lyons, I'm the sports editor here at the Free Press, and I'm joined today as usual by uh, Mike McIntyre, our sports columnist. Like last week, we're sitting in the same positions. I'm in my office at the Free Press building here on Mountain Avenue with my feet up. I want to take out here, Mike, and um, you... I understand are back in your car. Is that correct? <laughs> I am, yeah, in my driveway. Uh, once again, the dogs are barking. There's a couple next-door neighbor kids playing in their yard. And uh, as we go along here, Steve, I might be able to give you weekly uh, gas updates because I'm looking at my gas tank. When I sat here a week ago when we did episode 12, uh, my tank was on full, had just filled up on some cheap gas. Uh, I believe it's now 69 cents at most stations. And as I, as I look at my tank now a week later, it's at the seven-eighths mark. So I've put uh, I've used one-eighth of a tank of gas. At this rate, we'll be doing like episode 20 of the podcast, and I'll still be on the same tank of gas. Um, I filled up this morning uh, with premium and uh, got a car wash as well, although I'm not sure that was a great idea because it looks like it's probably going to rain tomorrow or snow or whatever it's going to do. But um, anyways, my car was filthy. But um, yeah, it was fifty bucks, which was uh, pretty cheap for a full tank of gas for premium. Um, that's hardly a silver lining, I'd suggest. But well, true. And and to, to use a segue here, Steve, I'm sure there are some people who are feeling like they're running on empty these days. Uh, we finally flipped the calendar to April. D- didn't March feel like the longest year ever? <laughs> yeah, good point. It seems like it's uh, been a decade that we've been uh, doing what we've been doing here. Um, it's been uh, several weeks, and um, it's probably going to go on for a little bit while longer. Um, it was nice to see your face this week. Um, yes. Monday, um, like a lot of people in the world, um, well, a lot of people in the world are, are, are social distancing, of course, but a lot of people in the world are also connecting now through um, uh, on the web, you know, virtually and, uh, and doing little meetings and gatherings and friend gatherings. I understand you had a family gathering on Zoom on the weekend. And, and then on Monday morning, uh, you and I and the rest of our free press sports staff had a virtual staff meeting on Zoom and um, chatted about some of the things that we can do going forward here to entertain our sports readers and inform them of, of yeah. different things, uh, given that there's actually no games going on. It was nice. It was kind of neat. It was. Uh, did you, uh, you play the stock market a little bit, don't you, Steve? Or you no. have in the past? You don't? Okay. But no. uh, we, all should, we all should have bought uh, shares in Zoom, right? Like yeah. a month ago? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if there is a growth industry right now, along with probably Skip the Dishes and, and various, uh, um, you know, DoorDash and, and different food delivery services, I would think that Zoom right now, because um, uh, just taking a look around, you know, on my on my social media, how many people are using it now to stay in touch. Uh, yeah, in our case, we have a, a really big family here in, in Manitoba, tight-knit. We have all kinds of gatherings. There's always birthday parties and stuff. And 
So, uh, yeah, we, we're going to have, like, week weekly, I think we're going to do them every Sunday now going forward for kind of have people uh, just catch up on, on what we've done over the last week. And I know you did one with some friends as well on the weekend, Steve. And, yeah, and yeah it was yeah it was great to have uh, a, a virtual staff meeting and get everybody on the on the same page if we albeit not in the same building of course and i mean the, the consensus is sure there's not games being played right now and there probably won't be for the foreseeable future but there's no shortage of um of stories that we can tell uh whether they're profiles or features or investigations um and and so you know i think for those who read the free, free press and uh, still want their sports coverage, they're going to get uh, they're going to get plenty uh, coming their way in, in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, it'll be a little different. We're going to be a quasi entertainment type of section for a bit, where we may do some fun things to try to entertain our readers in this uh, particular time in in our history, where um, I think our readers might enjoy some uh, escapism. I mean, sports is a you know, it's escapism at the best. Anyways, I hope for most people, I think some people take it far too seriously. Um, but, um, you know, so we hope to continue to do that. Um, now, yesterday, you also had an experience on Zoom where um, the NHL is doing a um, series of video conference calls with some of its star players uh, on Zoom. And yesterday, you and uh, Jason Bell took, play, uh, took part in a, a conference call with uh, Jamie Benn, Gabrielle Landeskog, Zach Parise, and the Jets captain, Blake Wheeler. Um, I'm going to say one thing, and then I'll let you chat about how that was. Uh, um, listen, I'm not a fan of any grown man wearing a baseball cap backwards, <laughs> period, anywhere, yes. anytime. Um, I thought that perhaps... Uh, listen, I appreciate that these guys came on and uh, addressed the fans and took some time out with the media or whatever, but, and I get that you're at home and you're relaxed and you're dealing with your kids and all that or whatever, but come on, guys, you're on, you know, a national platform. Um, comb your hair at least, okay? <laughs> uh, and I'm looking, I'm looking at Blake Wheeler. He had his cap on backwards. Zach Parise, or, um, Jamie Benn had his cap on backwards. Zach Parise and his son. And forward. Yeah, they had theirs forward. The only one, I guess, we'll name him the first star uh, of the of the event, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, uh, did not wear a hat at all. Um, I'll, I'll say this, Steve. I'm surprised Blake Wheeler wasn't wearing his hat forward because he tends, if you've seen him do post-game interviews, the players always put on caps, like, and it's like a, a merchandising marketing thing. I, I get that. Yeah, the team, the teams actually, the training staff put hats out for them. They want them to wear hats, like in post game interviews. And you can understand their hair is often a mess when they take their helmets off. So, sure. but Blake Wheeler never wears a Jets cap. He wears his own branded merchandise, uh, and, and so I'm surprised he didn't use this opportunity to, to. Um, to promote his product, if you've seen Blake Wheeler's hat, it, it, the logo is a wheel. Uh, get it? I'm not surprised that Landeskog is the guy that wasn't wearing a cap yesterday. I've, I've visited Europe, and I can tell you firsthand, they don't wear baseball caps in Europe unless they're playing baseball or golf, and they certainly don't wear them backwards. Yes. I'll it's tell you what, thing. 
uh, one of the great perks of, of covering the Jets and being a beat writer is going to the other cities and you get to know some of the beat writers in those markets. And I actually went for lunch, uh, I guess it would have been in late December when we were in Denver. We should have been in Denver today, Steve. The Jets would have been preparing for their second last game of the season oh, tomorrow, I, tomorrow night in Denver. I've taken the schedule down off my bulletin board. I don't even know what it was yet. Yeah, they were going to play Denver. I would have flown from Calgary to Denver this morning. Sigh, sob. Uh, but anyways, I had lunch with uh, Ryan Clark, who's one of the beat writers for the uh, Avalanche. Super guy. Uh, it was fun to kind of bounce ideas and, and pick his brain. But anyways, he was going on and on about what a great guy Gabriel Landeskog is, how they love dealing with him in the in the local market. Nathan McKinnon as well. Um, he said those two guys are just superb to deal with. So, yeah, Landis got good job for uh, for not putting the, the ball cap on. As for the, the call itself, uh, it was pretty entertaining, uh, Steve. I mean, this was the fourth straight day they'd done this. They didn't do them on the weekend, but last Thursday, Friday, and then Monday, Tuesday, they were doing one division at a time, and they only had a maximum of four players. So they'd often do two waves of them per day. Uh, so this was actually the final of all the calls for now, and it might have been the most entertaining. I've sort of been monitoring the ones that, that have gone on. The interplay between these guys was great. I mean, there was lots of talk about Netflix shows they're watching and what it's like to be now a stay-at-home parent and for those with kids, you know, having to, to be like a teacher now to them, a nanny. Um, and then there was some funny stuff like Jamie Benn and Blake Wheeler were going on about uh, every time Dallas and Winnipeg plays, apparently Jamie Ben tries to fight Blake Wheeler like every game. And Blake Wheeler said the last time they played, Ben probably asked him like 20 times that game alone. And Blake Wheeler's never uh, taken him up on his offer, which is probably a smart move because Jamie Ben is one tough customer. But it was fun uh, to kind of see these guys outside the, the normal cliche-filled, you know, game environments and get them a little more loose, let their hair down, or for those who didn't wear a hat, I guess, let their hair down. And yeah, I think it's great for a, a league that, like the NHL that uh, really tends to frown on big personalities, at least they have in the past. I mean, look at the NBA. One of the reasons the NBA is so wildly popular is they push their stars. The NHL could learn a lesson or two from that. So I'll give the NHL some credit for doing this. They're actually the first of the big four sports leagues that have done this sort of thing. And hopefully we see more of it to come. Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Center podcast. I'm Steve Lyons. I'm here with Mike McIntyre. Um, Mike, uh, we chatted a little bit about the NHL players um, doing some uh, video conferences. Uh, one of the subjects that uh, video conference calls, one of the subjects that came up in a couple of them was uh, how the NHL season should proceed if it starts up again. Um, now, you and I are both in, the, in agreement here, and you wrote a column about it in our paper this week, that it's time that the NHL pulled the plug on the season that they are thinking that they might complete. Um, there's just far too much going on uh uh, with this COVID-19 situation in North America, particularly in some, uh, I was, I'm going to say hot spots in, in, yeah. in the United States of America, 
where I just cannot imagine that they're going to be putting ice, as you said, in Madison Square Garden anytime soon to play hockey. And it seems to be a little tone deaf here, maybe, that they keep talking about when they might be able to get started when clearly, um, you know, they canceled school here in Manitoba until September. And we have, you know, just around 100 cases. Uh, you know, so it's, I think it's time for the NHL to show some leadership here and, and say, listen, we're pulling the plug and we'll see what we can do for next season. Well, you look at the two major markets in the NHL, one in Canada, one in the U.S. There's New York, of course, New York City, Manhattan. That's where the NHL headquarters is based. That's Gary Bettman's backyard. And what's happening in his backyard right now is um, is just absolutely tragic. I mean, I've been reading stories, Steve, that like morgues can't even keep up with the bodies that are coming. They're stacking them in like refrigerated trucks right now. As you mentioned, they're building 10 hospitals in Central Park. They brought a hit big ship off the coast of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. it's doctors. uh, Doctors are dying uh, because doctors and nurses, like the frontline workers, I mean, it is. And and they haven't even, they're still on the upslope of the curve. We talk about flattening the curve. They're still on the climb. So that's terrifying. And then you look at Toronto, and I don't know if you saw Steve earlier today, Mayor John Tory. I mean, I hope the NHL is listening to this message. John Tory said that it's going to be, he figures, at least 12 more weeks of of what is happening right now with the, the lockdown. Well, that's four months. Um, that takes us through April, May, June. That takes us into August. And that's the most optimistic prediction. In, in Toronto, they've already canceled like all, all permits, Nothing's being issued until July at the earliest at this point. So even the most optimistic prediction of the NHL somehow being able to return, say, for July and August and September, have some kind of playoff, crown a champion, and start next season. I mean, it seems to me, Steve, even that, at the very least, it's going to be in empty arenas. Uh, There's no chance at all of having fans of any size, let alone thousands, but you're not even going to get fans by the dozens allowed to be in a venue. So I don't know why this is being dragged out. Our weekly shout out to Richard Burr. When I interviewed him last week, I mean, he made the point and, and several athletes I've talked to have said this as well, that the not knowing is really tough. Like they'd actually prefer some finality sooner than later to just, I mean, you're training for something that may never happen. And I don't care so much about the millionaire athletes. Like, they'll be fine. Um, yeah. But what about what about all the employees of teams that aren't able to, to dip into compensation packages? Because right now, their shifts aren't, aren't canceled permanently. They're just postponed. And what about all the fans out there? You've heard from some, Steve. I've heard from some small business owners. They have tickets right now that are worthless that they paid for. You can't tell me some of those fans wouldn't like some of that money in their pockets right now. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that it's time to say enough is enough on that, and and then, and then maybe potentially look at something else, doing something else. Now I don't know what that something else might be. I, I would imagine that um, something that I thought about this morning is that Sportsnet and some of the broadcasters and. Uh, in the states uh, and in Canada as well. I mean, Sportsnet pays a huge amount of money to the NHL 
to broadcast its games. And I would imagine at some point they would not be paying that anymore because there's no games. And so, I mean, hypothetically, could they maybe at some point in time have some mini tournaments or something like that? Could they have some safe sites, like hypothetically Winnipeg, Minneapolis, St. Louis, uh, some of these uh, locales that are in the middle of North America that aren't getting hit by COVID as much? Could they could they get all of the players there and test everybody and put on some tournament games, like a weekend tournament game, and have some sort of entertainment, some sort of distraction for the starving sports fan and also something to put on the television screen because uh, I'm not, I canceled my sports net uh, because the only reason I have it is to watch hockey. Right. Uh, and I would imagine there's probably other people doing the same thing. And so um, it's twofold. I mean, maybe it's good entertainment for people. And then secondly, um, to create some revenue. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the revenue situation, of course, is is going to be fascinating to see uh, how this all plays out with with the salary cap, with uh, contracts going forward. I mean, it, it, like like every aspect of life, Steve, I suspect you're, we're going to be talking about the pre-COVID-19 and the post-COVID-19 in terms of life, and that's going to include in terms of the business of sports and and they're probably going to have to get real creative, absolutely, uh, to, to deal with the shortfall here. Um, and unfortunately, I mean, we've seen this already, right? It's not the it's not the billionaire owners who who suffer. It's the the frontline workers, you know, the, those that are making minimum wage, um, you know, selling popcorn or selling programs, whatever. Like those are the ones who who really rely on that money. That sure, the rich maybe aren't going to be quite as rich out of all of this, but uh, the trickle-down effect is certainly significant, and you're right, I mean, I think people want a distraction of some kind. Right now, the sports networks seem to be focusing on playing some of the the glory games of the past. Uh, by the way, I, I know you probably haven't seen many of them, Steve, because you, as you said, you cancelled your sports net, but my goodness, watching hockey from 30 years ago, um, it was slower, uh, it was a lot dirtier, uh, the goaltenders were way smaller. Uh, they all stood up. Nobody, goal, goaltenders today, like, play on their knees. And it just makes me wonder, like, what kind of Pat, how many goals could Patrick Laine have scored in the 80s uh, when you watched the way goalies played and the way games, games well, were held? Guys, guys were scoring goals in the 80s. I mean, Brett Hall had 86 goals. And, yeah. Uh, and what is, I, I don't know off the top of my head, what is the most goals in a season? Uh, does Wayne Gretzky hold that record? I should know that. I believe so, and it was some, something in the 90s, 92 maybe, yeah. but uh, but uh, just, just the condition of athletes, and you, you covered a lot of these guys back, not in the 80s per se, but just the conditioning of athletes today versus what it was 25 years ago, like that is so evident watching some of these old games. I mean, Steve, didn't a lot of these hockey, but they'd go have a cigarette during intermission, right? <laughs> they did, yes. Guy Lafleur was famous for that, uh, that uh, he was a smoker and that, that still scored all of those goals. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do that today. The CFL canceled its training camps this week. Um, it's hard to say whether the Bombers are even going to have a chance to defend that great yeah. season. The Gold Ice 
they're supposed to start next month. I just don't see that happening. I guess they've laid off some employees. Um, I'm not sure what's going on at the Downs and the rest of the horse racing uh, community. I mean, potentially you can still have horse racing um, and people can still gamble on that. And then, of course, golf courses, um, we chatted about this before. I mean, potentially it could still open. And I guess you could still have PGA golf with no fans. I'm not exactly sure. They haven't really said what they're going to do. So there's yeah. are in the I see the Canadian Open, though, Steve, which is set for, I believe, late June in, in the Toronto area. It's all but done because of that idea of there's no permits permits allowed. Like, Of course, you need volunteers and whatever to put on these tournaments. Maybe not the same number if you're not going to have fans. But, yeah, it does seem to me that if there's a sport or two that could still kind of keep going as kind of a made-for-TV event with social distancing in play, it would be golf. And yet... They've sort of joined all the others right now in going dark. Okay, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Now, typically our third period is where we talk about things other than the Jets, but frankly, we're talking about uh, a lot of things other than the Jets over the last couple of weeks, Mike. And um, uh, I don't know what you've been doing um, in your time off, uh, uh, well, you know, in your spare time at home. Um, uh, one of the things we talked about in our Monday morning meeting was maybe doing a uh, a feature on the best sports movies to watch of all time. I watched a really, really good sports movie on the weekend, if you want to catch it. It's called Ford versus Ferrari. It's the story of how Ford um, enlisted a famous race car driver and builder, Carroll Shelby, to build him a race car to try to beat Ferrari at the 24-hour of Le Mans. It's post-war, and um, Ford wanted to get rid of this boring image that it had, and it brought out the Mustang, and and um, then they, they got Shelby to try to build them a car to beat uh, Ferrari at Le Mans, and, and uh, Matt Damon plays Carroll Shelby. And then, but the great performance in the film is by an actor that I really, really like, and that's Christian Bale. He plays a race car driver. His name is Ken Miles, and Ken Miles was the driver of this Ford car that eventually did beat Ferrari at Le Mans. And, and um, I, I'm, I'm just a really big fan of, of Christian Bale, and, and 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 I hope that he gets some uh, look for this. And it got me thinking about other. I'm not a huge race racing fan. I don't mind watching it a little bit, but it's funny how race car racing seems to lend itself to some really good movies. I watched another really good one recently uh, called Rush, where it's the rivalry between uh, Formula One racers James Hunt and Nicky Lauda, and Chris Hemsworth plays James Hunt, and Daniel Bruhl plays Nicky Lauda, and it's a really good movie as well. Yeah. And got me thinking of Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise. <laughs> In the 60s, I loved the movie Grand Prix with James Garner. And then, of course, um, um, for a real laugh, at Talladega Nights, uh, Will Ferrell and Sasha Baron Cohen in Talladega Nights. And Talladega Nights is one of my one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I'm not a huge Will Ferrell fan, but that's as funny as it gets. And um, um, I don't know about you. I mean, you said you've been watching some sports movies as well. I have. Yeah. Well, I'll throw one more. I haven't seen this yet, uh, Steve. But uh, I saw a couple of people recommend it. I'm just reading a tweet here of another racing series on Netflix. Um, F1 Drive to Survive. Yeah, terrific. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm tempted to watch that. So it's getting some good reviews, is it? So this is what uh, this one journalist says. I don't even like auto racing. I've never watched an F1 race, yet this show is utterly compelling, is what he says about F1 Drive to Survive. So yeah, uh, you might... There's a drama behind um, in, in car racing that yeah. like in, 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 in builders and and uh, and, um, and and the noises are really really the noises are really good in, in these these uh, car racing movies. So I'll check that one out. It's on Netflix now. Perfect. Yeah. So my uh, I, I'm watching uh, me and Blake Wheeler. I guess are in a similar boat because when he was on the Zoom call yesterday, and actually kind of all the players on the call. Landis God, Parise, Ben, and Wheeler, the two shows that they mentioned as, uh, as filling up their evenings right now are uh, Tiger King and Ozark. And I must admit, Steve, I've been indulging in both. Uh, Tiger King, I've, I've, I held out for a few days, and then my wife and I started watching last weekend. And it is, uh, it's a train wreck, absolute train wreck. It's about... Um, uh, big cat rescues in the U.S. It's a documentary that is is just beyond belief in terms of all the characters and and what goes on. There's a murder for hire plot and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and then Ozark uh, season three um, just came out last Friday. Uh, I absolutely love the first two two seasons. And this one, um, I'm trying to pace myself, just watching one a day, trying to savor it. So there's ten episodes. I'm five in. I have five left. Have you ever watched it? It's it's about yeah. a. I yeah. saw the, saw the first two seasons, and last night I watched episode one of season three. I tend to pace myself with uh, these kind of shows. I jump around and watch different shows so that. Uh, but then every once in a while I'll binge. But <laughs> I don't tend to binge when it comes to no. Those I like to jump around and. Mix in a movie once in a while, and uh, so I actually watched Field of Dreams. What's that? I watched Field of Dreams the other day, not once, but twice, uh, because Sport, Sportsnet actually aired it wow. almost back to back. Now I didn't watch it in its entirety twice, but I kind of I had it on in the background, and then I watched it a second time. It is a great movie uh, for sure. Uh, My favorite baseball sports movie is uh, The Natural. Uh, with uh, Robert Redford, I was a big Robert Redford fan. Yes, and Bull, Dur- uh, Bull Durham is great. Yeah, Bull Durham's good in it. And then the other sport that seems to lend itself really well to the most compelling sports movies in my mind is boxing. And uh, you know, certainly Raging Bull and uh, Rocky. And I don't know if you've ever seen Will Smith play Muhammad Ali in the movie. I have. Rocky. Yes. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a really really good movie as well. And so. So, you know, there's uh, there's a ton of sports movies to watch. <laughs> well, if people want to watch that, not sports. Yeah, and I mean, that's uh, that, that may have to suffice for, uh, for getting the competitive juices flowing here for the next little while, no doubt about it. All right, folks, we're back with our overtime period of the uh, Jet Centra podcast. I'm sports editor Steve Lyons, and I'm here, as usual, with Mike McIntyre. I'm not actually here with him. I'm in my office with my feet up, and he's in his car uh, in his driveway. Uh, this is the new uh, positions we're going to have <laughs> for podcast for a while. Um, Mike, how you been coping with the social distancing? What you been doing? Other yeah, I'm getting some sports movies. I'm getting some strange looks from the neighborhood kids who are probably wondering why I appear to just be talking out loud to myself. For the how last many of these step. kids are 
together. Yeah. Well, there's two. There's only two of them, and they're from the same house. So, uh, so that, I think that's allowed. Um, Are we tell it people if there's more than how many now? We should be. Well, you know, the other day I drove by at Tim Hortons um, near my house, and this would have been Saturday. And two things stood out to me. Number one was there was probably 12 motorcycles in the Tim Hortons parking lot and 12 motorcycle riders all gathered in like a big group, all having coffee, chatting, uh, apparently oblivious to what's going on in the world. Like this was not social distancing at all. The fact they're all wearing leather jackets, some of them still had helmets. Uh, I mean, but that's not protecting but then even, probably just as bad or worse, off to the side, there's four big patio tables that Tim Hortons, this particular one has, that people can sit and sit outside and, and drink normally, drink their coffee or eat their donuts. They were absolutely filled. There was probably 12 or 13 total people on them, all of them senior citizens, a.k.a. vulnerable people. Uh, and there was no social distancing going on. Uh, if I I was driving, so I didn't stop. But I mean, I wanted to turn around and go like yell at all these people. I did notice though. Have you yeah, buddy? Yeah, I did, and I was I had to go to uh, pick up a few groceries the other day, and I did chirp at a guy who did not obey the six feet behind me. Uh, he was like right right up behind me, and I told him to back off. In a fairly polite way, but I'll say this: Tim Hortons. The next day, they had like police tape around all the all the patio tables uh, to prevent people, I guess, from sitting. So it seems like they've taken steps, and I guess slowly but surely, people are getting the message. I mean, yeah, I'm still doing my daily three mile walk uh, today. When I go out today, it'll be day 14 in a row. Uh, so, yeah, so that's been uh, the weather's been great, although. I don't like the forecast. Uh, this is no April Fool's joke. They're talking about lots of snow potentially and rain, and and so not so good over the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, I, did, oh, I dusted off my old, uh, or not so old, I guess, but my PlayStation that I haven't played in in a couple of years. So I'm actually playing a little NHL uh, on that uh, against my son. Um, uh, so that's been fun, and uh, yeah, still still writing every day and. Um, you know, going for drives uh, when I can. Uh, my wife and I will just go for some drives. So. I think it's been, you know, I feel lucky that I still am working. That's that's certainly uh, and doing these kind of things. It's, uh, you know, I, I know I have friends uh, who you know have been laid off or are not working or they're working from home and they're they're going nuts uh, and stir crazy. Um, I have one little tip before we go. Yeah. Uh, oh, if you've been out to try to buy any hand sanitizer, have you got any hand sanitizer? <laughs> We have none, and uh, I asked my wife the other day if she's seen any. Not that either of us have been out really in stores very much. We're actually um, here's the tip for you. Here's yeah. the tip for you. Okay, so you take three parts of aloe vera gel and right. one part of isopropyl alcohol. You mix all of that together, and you have hand sanitizer. So uh, my girlfriend uh, did this for us, and then you put it in little travel squirt bottles type of thing and you can take them with you anywhere you want and basically you have homemade hand sanitizer and uh, man i feel because and i talked to a pharmacist in walmart about this and he says yep it's the same thing man. 
he has so, isopropyl alcohol behind. I had to buy the isopropyl alcohol from the pharmacist, but the aloe vera gel was out on the shelves. There wasn't much of it left, so you got to try to get that now. But so, if you're looking for a homemade hand sanitizer, there you go, folks. So Walter White was Walter White was cooking crystal meth in Breaking Bad, and Steve, you. Right. You are cooking up hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer, yeah. And we, what, what can we call it? Breaking, going mad? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Mike, uh, let's wrap her up. We'll uh, yeah. do this again next week. Uh, for all you folks out there listening, please uh, try to adhere to these social distancing uh, uh, suggestions, rules that uh, people are... Uh, uh, much smarter than me are telling us will help us. And Mike, you stay safe, and uh, everyone out there, please stay safe and uh, all the best. Okay. Absolutely. And shout out as always to our uh, our colleague Jen uh, uh, Jen for help Jen Zarati for putting together our podcast remotely as well. Thanks, Jen. Hey, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. Take care, folks. Thank you.